So thanks to everyone that's here today. You know, like, like you said, it's a smaller crowd, but, you know, we know what's going on with the Guatemala trip and summer vacation. Things are, you know, heating up. People are out and, you know, enjoying their time with their families and whatnot. But uh, I am looking forward to, I'm guessing next week will be the week where they share, what, you know, what, what happened and pictures. And so uh, those are my favorite Sundays when the Guatemala team returns and they get a chance to share uh, the impact that not just we're having in another place, but um, just our, you know, the, the body of Christ in general. Because as I know, there's other churches and fellowships that gather in Guatemala from across the country, from across the state. And, you know, the intention is just to uplift people and share the love of God and, 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 and meet phys- physical and, and physical needs and spiritual needs. So, I'm always excited to hear what they, what they, what they encountered and, and, and you always go with the anticipation of giving and you always end up receiving as well. So, uh, I'm excited to hear what they have for us when they, when they come back. Again, I think it's next week. Um, so yeah, I, I'm sharing today. I, it's always a little difficult to find something. There's days it's easier, you know, you're reading and something pops out and I write stuff down. And, uh, this time I said, well, you know what? I'm just gonna, Pick up where we left off last week. I guess Pastor Stewart has been, you know, uh, reading through the book of Luke. Um, Pastor Brooke read, read through a, a passage last week, um, and said, you know what? I'm just going to keep going there. It's, 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 uh, it's a very impactful, uh, next couple of verses. And I said, you know what? Let's, let's, let's continue that. Uh, maybe Pastor Stewart can pick up right where I leave off today, and he can kind of sh- continue to share uh, on, on, on the message. So um, last week we talked about the, you know, the, tru- the tree and, and, and bearing fruit and, and what that looks like. Um, and so today, I'm, like I said, I'm picking up right up in uh, verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 46. Um, and if you pay attention, I, I was just, I didn't notice that till like, uh, I started actually like reading through it and, 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 and looking at things. It's, it's, it's all like, you know, in, in, it's just Jesus speaking this whole entire time, um, and teaching and, 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 you know, you have, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you know, you love your, loving your enemies, the, the tree bearing, judging others, uh, he's got parables, uh, it's all in just this one section, chapter six. Um, and then we get right at the end at chapter, I mean, verses 46, and that's where I'm going to kind of pick up and, and, and take off. Um, the message is supposed to be, where do I stand? But it kind of got misspelled there. Where so, it says, where so I stand, but it's supposed to be, where do I stand? So maybe I sent, uh, the wrong, <laughs> maybe it was a typo on my part. Um, but yeah, so if we read from, uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49, um, it's Jesus speaking again. It's, it starts off, um, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them, he's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. 
when the, when the stream broke against it, it immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. And so I'm just going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for today. We thank you for everyone who, you know, made time, made their way to come out uh, and gather. Everyone who made time to gather online as well, Lord, I pray that this word may be uplifting. It may be exactly what they need to hear and speak to their lives as you've spoken to mine. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so I wanted to touch three points, you know, um, the lordship, the ruin, and the foundation. And now this is a uh, a classic, I would say it's a classic uh, verse, it's a classic um, um, situation. We've all heard of it. kind of reminds me of like, you know, the prodigal son or the lost sheep. It's one of those verses that that people have heard many times, different interpretations, different, you know, uh, understandings of it, uh, about building your house on the rock that is Christ. And so that's what I kind of wanted to talk about today. Um, and so the first point I wanted to talk about is his lordship. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Um, oftentimes we find ourselves, I, at least personally, again, every time I read, I say, how is this applicable to my life? And then I literally just share what the Lord has spoken into my life with, with you guys. And so in, in my life, I, I've oftentimes, um, I don't know, like you, but I, I grew up in the, in the faith. My, my, both of my parents were Christian when I, when I was born. Um, you know, I grew up as a, seeing my father, you know, going to church and, you know, men's ministry, the youth ministry, and just being in church, you know, I was still part of the generation that had three, four services a week. You know, we had, you know, Wednesday Bible study, Friday service, Sunday service, twice a day, Bible school in the morning, afternoon. So uh, I'd always been um, in, involved. Um, as I grew as I grew up, I, I, I encountered um, doubts. Um, I encountered, you know, uh, you know, leaving my home, coming out here for school, college, um, and and I, I began to realize that just because I had been born into the faith doesn't mean that the faith had been born in me. Um, it was still up to me to make that choice and say, Lord, this is what I want to believe, and this is you are the one I want to trust, and I want to make this a reality in my life. And I feel like oftentimes, as Christians, we are so, um, you know, we live in, in, in a great country that allows freedom of, you know, of religion, and you can seriously be bombarded by, by, by Christianity, right? You can turn on the TV, there's, you know, Christian channels, you can, you can choose to cancel things out, you can, there's a church in every corner, um, there's options, we have the opportunity to, you know, congregate freely without, you know, fear of, you know, someone coming in and, you know, shutting us down or something, well, besides the pandemic and stuff like that, but you, you understand what I'm saying, right? This real persecution that happens around the world with to our brothers and sisters, and 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 we can be, you know, um, how can you say that? You can be desensitized, you know, to his presence, maybe, um, to the message. Um, and so, the first thing that jumped out to me after after reading this is. Um, his lordship. Um, I, I was listening to a a podcast um, interview. It was more of an interview uh, with this. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, 
that Fast and Furious franchise, the cars and stuff. Well, one of the lead actors there, his name is Tyrese Gibson. Uh, he was given an interview and, and he was just, I had no idea he was Christian. He, he was, he's a fervent Christian and he was on this radio, a national radio show and he, he began to, um, not only, you know, exhort Christians, but, but inviting us to like, and, and he quote says this, this, this word that kind of struck me as I was driving, listening to him. He says, we got to stop treating Jesus like the little buddy that we just speak to at night before we're going to bed. It's like, you just got to kind of stop treating him like, oh, he's, Jesus and I are just, you know, he's my friend. And to start holding on to his promises and delivering that. And that impacted me because oftentimes I just, I, 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 I don't realize or, or the impact um, his salvation has in my life. Um, the power that has, um, that he still has, um, and how to access that. And oftentimes I go about my day without even saying a good morning, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to him or to, uh, or lifting up my, my words in prayer. And so it, it, it impacted me. And I said, Lord, help me understand your lordship over my life. It's, it's often difficult to kind of, you know, uh, give up that authority, give up that power. Um, we want to be in control. We want to have that sense of like, I know where my life is going. I know what I'm doing. But when we as Christians accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, um, we have to accept him for who he is, our Lord and our Savior. Um, and what does that mean or what does that look like? Um, we have to, like, again, we have to understand, uh, what that means. And, and it's, and it's funny how it ends, uh, like again, Jesus' messages, um, from chapter five through chapter six, it's just the beatitudes. It's, it's Jesus speaking. The, it's, uh, talking about loving your enemies, uh, the, the tree, uh, you know, trees, um, bearing fruit. And it's just him talking. And then right away at chapter seven, uh, as I was reading, I was like, what does that look like? What is that? What does accepting your lordship over my life look like? Um, what does that mean, Lord? Uh, and, and right away, chapter seven begins with the, the story of the centurion and his servant. And I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, um, but I'm just going to recap it. I'm not going to read it all, but you're more than welcome to to to, to read it at home. Uh, but we all know, you know, the, the Jews were under the Roman Empire. Centurions were usually men who were in charge of the name centurion from of a hundred men, a legion of a hundred men. They were in charge. They had authority. They they were Roman rulers of the time. And there's an occasion where, where a centurion's servant falls ill. Uh, the Bible describes the servant and the centurion as being close. Um, he cared for his servant. And the first thing this centurion did was he sent out word to Jesus. Send out word to Jesus. Tell him that if he can come over and, 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 you know, heal my servant. So he sends word out and he doesn't just send any people out. In this instance, uh, if we read through the story, it says that he sent out, uh, Jewish leaders. Jewish elders. So this man's uh, relationship, you can say, with the Jews uh, around him was good. Uh, they described this man of uh, uh, Lord when the when the Jewish uh, elders approached Jesus. Said, "Lord, do not." Um, let me see here. They described the centurion as being worthy. He says. Uh, he is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. So the Jewish elders were, were pleading with Jesus, Jesus, come over, visit this, this centurion. Yes, 
we are at odds with the Roman Empire. Yes, we probably shouldn't be interacting with them as much as we do, but this man is worthy of a visit. Uh, He's been kind to our people. He's built us our synagogue. Come visit us. Jesus is on his way. As he's approaching, the centurion sends another servant telling him, you don't need to come. Why? And Jesus went uh, with them when he was not far from the house. The centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy. The centurion saw himself as not worthy, right? The elders did. The centurion himself probably knew himself and, and saw his situation and said, Lord, I'm not worthy for a visit. However, uh, it continues. Um, Jesus went with them. Uh, he says, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man uh, set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned to the crowd that followed him and said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. So the centurion understood who Jesus was. Just like him, he understood Jesus has authority over the sick. Jesus has authority over life and death. I'm sure he's, he had her news. Maybe he had witnessed miracles um, because his immediate reaction was sent for Jesus, right? Tell him to come over. Um, and he understood Jesus' authority. He said, Lord, you don't even need to come to my house. Say the word. And wherever you are and you say the word, my servant will receive it and he will be healed. This man went from being worthy to calling himself unworthy to even causing Jesus to be marveled at his faith, right? I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those uh, who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Jesus said the word and, the, and, and, and it was healed. Um, and so like again... As after I, I, I question this, Lord, what does it mean to have to, you know, you know, to have lordship over my life? I, I say these words and I accept them. You, you know, you're my savior. You're my, you know, you're my king. Uh, we, we sing about them. You know, you're lord over everything. Um, but what does it look like? What does it mean? And so, uh, again, the next example was the centurion story. And so, um, understanding that Jesus has still power to heal, to make whole and to restore. That he still has authority over the devil, our decisions, and our lives. Um, when we accept his lordship, our life in turn has to revolve around him. What does that mean? Decisions that I'm going to make, um, the, 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 the lifestyle I want to lead, the actions I want to do should revolve around him and what he has done for me and what he's expecting of me. Um, when I think about the responsibility I have as a husband and as a father, I don't just think about myself anymore. My decisions are going to affect my family. Um, whether it be, you know, something huge or something small, um, I have to align it with what the Lord has said in His Word. And Lord, can I live a life, uh, in a way that, you know, you approve of in the sense that you know, these decisions that I'm making, the lifestyle I'm leading, the relationship I'm having with you, uh, is it reflecting that you have authority over my life? Or is it me just saying these things and then doing whatever I want? 
right? Servants in this instance could not just do willy-nilly and, and then, you know, I come to church on Sundays and then Monday through Saturday I just do and say and think and behave and, and the way I want to and the listening to my own thoughts and desires. But am I really saying, Lord, I want to submit myself to you and understand like the centurion did, you too have a lordship. Um, and just like um, he had the faith to believe in just his word, can I just say, Lord, I surrender to what you have for me. Um, when we live under his lordship, it gives us access to his glory. Um, when we submit ourselves to his will, when we submit ourselves to understanding that he has the best intentions for us, trusting him like we talked about this morning, we will have access to his glory. In this instance, the centurion understood that, believed, and he had access to this miracle. Had he, had, had, he, had he been filled with doubt or something, maybe he wouldn't have even sent for Jesus. Who knows? The servant might have not made it. But again, this, this man understood this, and the first thing he did was send for Jesus. And so oftentimes we, we fear being under the authority of someone, right? We never know. I, I, I just recently moved from a, a cafe that I was kind of uh, managing in Sunnyvale, uh, an opportunity came up to, with, still within Google, to manage a bigger operation uh, in San Jose. Um, the manager who contacted me was pretty straightforward. He said, we're having, we're having issues with our current uh, chef. Um, he's not running our kitchen the way we want. Um, the food's not up to standards. Not that I'm the greatest cook in the world, but once we become, once we enter these roles of, of, of chefs, um, our roles are more in charge, uh, is running the team, making sure people are cooking, tasting things, um, um, driving the team uh, the way we, we, we need to. And so they were, you know, pretty straightforward with me. Um, but I spoke with, uh, with a lot of the cooks when I was there and it's, it always frightened them the shift of authority. Who is this new guy that's coming around? Is he going to be worse than the, the guy who just left? Is he going to be better? Uh, what's going to happen? This shift of authority always kind of, puts people at, you know, at uneasy. I don't know if you guys ever experienced that at, at your jobs when new managers are coming in or a new, new person in charge is coming to take over. You question things. Um, oftentimes, um, when we're living a certain way, right, and it's time to give up that authority, that exchange of authority, um, it's, it's a little nerve-wracking, you know. I've, I've, you know, Tom, your story always amazes me where you were in such a place you shared with us that you were just glad to give it up and say, Lord, take, take this over. Other times there's people who are more on the fence. You know, I think I'm doing a great job. I think I'm, I'm living my life the right way. I, th I think I'm doing a pretty fantastic job. It's not until God opens up our eyes and then we realize the authority that we need is yours, not mine. And so oftentimes that dynamic of, giving up that authority and saying, Lord, I, you are the Lord over my life, can be, be a little, um, make us a little shaky. But throughout Scripture, we know that our Lord is, is, a, is a benevolent Lord. Um, and like we shared this morning, he invites those questions, he invites those doubts, because he, he has answers for them. And so uh, that's the first point I wanted to, to, to kind of touch, um, that we should praise God that our Lord is benevolent. Um, and to understand that that dynamic needs to happen in our lives on a daily basis. 
as much as I want to have control over it, as much as I want to be in charge of my own destiny, Lord, you are Lord over my life. Um, help me realize that as I walk daily with you. Um, as we move down, uh, the second point, I kind of want to flip around the, the points because Jesus talks about a strong foundation and then he talks about the ruin. But I kind of want to flip them around and talk about the ruin first. Um, but those, uh, but the one who hears and does not do them, his words, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, it immediately fell, and the ruin of the house was great. So we're going to talk about this uh, second point called the ruin. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is uh, in verse uh, f- uh, 49. Uh, but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Uh, and when the steam broke against it, it immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So the first thing that comes to mind is uh, uh, the superficial building, right? Um, when we are building something, I'm not a builder, I'm not a contractor or anything like that, but... Um, the building itself, the integrity of the building itself is only as good as its foundation, right? Um, and so the first point I want to say is, um, where are we at with our, in our foundation? Um, we all believe in Christ. Like again, we all, um, have that understanding, but this relationship we have with Him is a personal one. And, uh, I want to kind of invite you to kind of look at, look inward and look at yourself and say, Lord, where am I? Am I on that superficial level still, right on the surface, building my hopes, building my dreams, building my goals, um, sending my prayers just on the superficial level? Um, am I just a hearer and not a doer? Um, we have this story in the, in, in the scriptures of the two sons. Uh, when the father speaks to the sons and tells them, I need you to go do this, the first son is very motivated. Yes, dad, I'll, I'm right away, I'm on it. I'm, I'm heading there. And it turns out he just never does it. He just goes and tells his dad what he wants to hear. And then he goes and hangs on the hammock all day and hangs out. He tells his second son the exact same thing. I need you to go this, tend the fields, go do this. And the second son moans and groans and says, why always me? Kicks the dirt. But he does it anyway. Jesus asks the question, who do you think did what the father asked? Who do you think gained favor? And the inevitable response was the second son. Um, the one who heard and did, even though um, his attitude probably wasn't the best. And so I want to encourage you today. Sometimes we have that point in our lives when we hit the, I don't feel like it. I don't know if I should do this. I'm not in the mood for it. Lord, this person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. Lord, this person wronged me. Why should I go? Why should I do? Um, Our actions will always supersede our feelings. Um, The way we act uh, upon the commandments of what we hear again, you know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you don't, you know, if you hear, if, if you don't do what I tell you? And so our feelings don't always align. And, 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 and like I said, if you read, we've read, um, the past, uh, messages before we led up to this, um, it was all Jesus giving instructions, you could say. Again, the verses before were about bearing fruit about loving your enemies, about praying for those who persecute you. Um, he gave the beatitudes, blessed are the poor, uh, blessed are the ones who weep. I mean, he 
essentially gave instructions, and then he ends this sermon with this, do as I tell you. And so oftentimes, like I said, we, we, we all hit that point in our lives where we hit that, I don't feel like doing it, I don't feel like going, I don't feel like, um, I was talking to some of the youth group, I'm not going to put them on blast, but a couple of the young guys that went to Guatemala with, with the group, they weren't too happy. They were honest with me. I was like, man, you guys excited? You guys, not really. They wanted to enjoy their summer. They wanted to, and I, you know, but they were going. They're like, we're going to go. We're going to go with our parents. We're going to do this thing. We're not too excited, but we're going to do it anyway. But I guarantee when they return, they will have stories of their encounter. And and, and it happens so many times in our lives. It, it doesn't go away. Sometimes it's dragging our feet. Sometimes it's groaning and moaning. Um, Obviously, the more joy we have and the more willingness, we will enjoy what we're doing. But sometimes, like I said, God just wants that action, that loving your neighbor even though they might not deserve it, that forgiving your your your, your enemy even though they might not deserve it, um, praying for those who persecute you even though they might not deserve it. Um, those actions, and in turn, those actions will continue to cement our foundation in Him. The third point is the foundation. His words and our actions are what solidify our foundation. Doing what he asks and us hearing what he asks and then doing it is what cements us in him even more. Again, if we read, I like to go back and reading uh, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. The more we do, the more our foundation is solidified in him. Doing what uh, is asked. Sometimes it looks like living a certain way, trusting him in certain areas, stepping out in faith when he asks us to. Um, I have a great relationship with my mother-in-law. I, I, I don't know if that's common or not, but I, I do. Um, she prays for us, and she's a great example of uh, uh, a prayer warrior. Maria, Maria knows her very well. Um, and someone filled with faith. Um, God gave us this opportunity to start um, working on her immigration status. She hasn't set foot in her home country in, I want to say, over 20 years or so. Um, she's got family there and, 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 and you know, sisters, cousins. Um, her parents are no longer with us. But I, she has this yearning to, to go back. And so God has allowed us to to begin this process for her, um, and it's going well. She's got about two or three months. Uh, she'll have her scheduled interview to see if she can have her, her green card. Two months. But what surprises me is she's been praying for this for, for years. Um, and I tell Lay jokingly, I, God sent me on your way to answer that prayer most likely because, <laughs> because you know, again, I... You know, have the privilege of being born in this country. I was able to to help my wife out, and my wife is able to help her mom out. And God answers prayers. I'm God answered my prayer for for a wife, and God might answer that prayer through me. I don't know. 
but it's it's working itself towards that. And the other day she called and she told Lay she's already packing her bag. <laughs> I said, well, that is faith. I told Lay. I, I, she said she's got two months for the interview. Uh, the lawyer tells us it's not guaranteed. He tells us it's it's a big it's it's a big chance that it might be a yes. Here's your documentation. You're all set. The guy's positive about it. The, our, you know the lawyer that's helping us out. But she's packing her bag. She's buying stuff. She's she's packing stuff away. She's bringing gifts for her relatives. She's she's working on that. And and when I heard that, it just I said, wow. She's stepping out in faith and saying, Lord, I'm packing my bags. I'm waiting on that that uh, green card, and I'm I'm gonna see my family again after so many years. And it fills me with 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 joy. Um, and I can say truly after hearing that that you know. Um, this next point I'm going to make, my actions are a product of my foundation. Uh, she's so grounded in, in, in her faith in Christ and what she's been through and what she's been obedient to and what she's seen that her actions are a reflection of that. She's packing a bag for a trip that's not even guaranteed yet, but she's been praying for it for years and she's seeing the steps and the, ans- the answers to it come in a process. She's never grown um, uh, desperate to the point of like wanting to quit um, she was close to it when her father fell ill of packing up and going. We talked to her and I said, one day, just hold on, Maru. Her name is Maru. Just hold on and you'll, you'll, you'll make it one day. Just, and, and, and she waited on the Lord and, and oftentimes, um, when our foundation has been tested, um, and it's withstood, our building, our life has withstood, our actions will become bolder. And so that's where I want to be, Lord. I, I, I myself, and I'm sure you guys have all been through tests of fire in your personal lives and your, and your relationships and, you know, and, and your walking, and your walking faith that I hope that has strengthened your, your foundation and saying, Lord, you know, what is, you know, I'm, I'm holding on to your words. Um, and I want to encourage you guys to, to continue to be in the Word, right? Um, the Scriptures have withstood the test of time. The Scriptures have been, you know, it's a gift from, 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 from God. And it's, it's one of those things, again, that has withstood the test of time through persecution, through, through, through death, through famine, through, you know, banning of... of uh, I'm still hearing stories of, you know, it's... Again, heartbreaking of, of places that, you know, don't allow scriptures. China and, you know, the North Korea and, you know, you hear stories of people who smuggle Bibles into these countries and people are grateful for, for a piece of scripture. Um, and their foundation is set on this, on what the Lord has said, what the Lord has promised and what has been written down and kept by the saints that came after the, the, the disciples and it's, and it's motivation for me. Um, his words will not fail us. Oftentimes it looks like he, you know, oftentimes it looks like, I don't know if you ever felt that way or not, but it looks like he has failed us or he's, he's, he's been too, a little too late or, or Lord, if he would have just done this, this time. Oftentimes that happens because our expectations aren't lining up with his plan. Um, they're not lining up with his will. Uh, I oftentimes think about 
uh, the David's anointing um, when 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 the prophet Samuel, Samuel uh, came looking for right a new king Israel they didn't want prophets anymore they wanted a king they got King Saul um, and you know big guy broad shoulders he looked like a king he moved like a king he was you know but uh, after some time. The Lord said, "This is it's time for something new. This is what the people want. This is what I want." And even when the prophet went out to look, um, Jesse brought out his sons, big guys, and then you see little David come approach, you know, approaching by a shepherd boy. Um, even Samuel said, "This can't be. This can't be the one." Um, his expectations weren't lining up with God's will. God's will said, "No. This is this is the one I want. This is the guy." Um, and oftentimes that translates in our life. We feel like he's failed us. We feel like he's been too late because of our expectation. I thought you'd answer the prayer by now, Lord. I thought I'd see the miracle by now. And going back to my mother-in-law, I, I don't know what her prayers are like in her private life, but what he's shown me, what she's shown me is that she hasn't had that attitude. Lord God, I thought you'd answer by now. I thought you'd give me the miracle. It's been patience and waiting and, and packing bags, getting ready to, to, to see that, that, that prayer being answered. Um, and so I want to encourage us today that set our expectations high, but at the end of the day say, Lord, you are Lord of my life. That my expectations you know, may not distort um, my vision when it comes to seeing your will. Because oftentimes, like I said, we want to see this, but he wants to show us something greater. Um, and so my last kind of point to, to conclude is one of the things that really drew my attention was um, this phrase. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And so I want to kind of end this with, with an encouragement, with a motivation, exhortation. Let's start digging deep, you know. Let's start digging deeper into our prayer life, into our, our time spent with the Lord, going into those areas that are difficult to reach. When you dig deep, I don't know if you've ever used a pick and a and, a, and you know and a shovel to dig, um, but I oftentimes tell people I, I I spent my first summer after high school working with a landscaping uh, company, small company with a guy, and and I remember one time we had to uproot a um i forgot what it was it was like a little palm or it was like um we had to uproot it um and we forgot our power tools the guy had packed everything and except his power tool um to kind of saw it down and kind of help us dig it out and we had to go at this thing i don't remember what it was exactly but we had to go at this thing with just a shovel and a pickaxe we were there for hours just Digging deep because it was rooted right in there. We would wiggle and toss it to the side and we'd chop down and we continued to dig. It took us a couple of hours. So it's, it's difficult. It's hard to dig deep and to, you know, uproot those things. And so, uh, this part is not easy. You know, it's easier said than done, but it's not easy just hearing and doing what the Lord says, but it is what it will continue to dig deep into our relationship with Him and cement us even further. So, you know, uh, in your life, say, Lord, what areas do I need to dig deep into? What areas do I, am I say, still holding on to and saying, Lord, I don't want to let go of this. I don't want to let go of that. I don't want to change my view of this.
Um, and, and, and say, Lord, I want to go deeper with you in this relationship. I don't want to stay on the surface anymore. Because the deeper you are rooted in him, when those difficulties come, um, we'll be able to hold on to him even more. Um, and like I said, I, there's great testimonies here in this congregation. And that's why I like, um, and I want to encourage anyone, if anyone's out there listening to us, you know, to gather. Because when you hear the stories of your brothers and sisters and their testimonies and you talk to them and you get to know, start building that relationship, it's encouraging to me to hear you know what I'm saying? Those words and, and, and things that I might go through one day. And, and, and hearing people say, I'm so dug into the Lord that when it came, I, 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 I didn't lose my, my home. My, my foundation was solidified in Him. And so I want to encourage you guys today with that. Dig deep. Say, Lord, what is the, what, you know, what does it mean to have you as my Lord? And then, um, help me avoid the ruin. I don't want to just stay on the surface. I want to go deep into this relationship with you, Lord. So I'm going to pray. I believe uh, we're going to be doing, uh, um, what is it? Tacos. <laughs> Tacos, yeah. No, but not. I was going to say communion. <laughs> yes, tacos is secondary. Not right now, but yes, we will have tacos, but we're going to feed the spiritual the communion first, and then we'll do the the, the taco. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so let's 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 pray, and then um, we'll maybe we can pass the elements right now. There's only a few of us. So I'll, I'll I'll bring them around, and 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 we can probably uh, we pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for for your word. We thank you for this time we were able to spend together as a family in in you. Lord God, help us identify those areas. Help us identify the areas that we need to to dig deep in, Lord. Um, your words are our foundation, your sacrifice. You are our foundation that we may, Lord God, continue to move in such a way that our actions, our faith will continue to grow and our um, house, our lives will be built on you um, in such a way that when the storms come, it will not tear us down. So I thank you for everyone online listening, and I pray that you be with us the rest of this week. We may enjoy the 4th of July and the freedoms we have in this nation and in you. So I thank you for everything you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're online, thank you. Hope to see you soon. Um, and thank you for joining us as well. Bye.